But you started a tailor. Yeah, didn't think of that. She had time. Well, we combed this shack, Jace. Nothing here. What do we do now? Go back to Taylor and Rosie again. If she squeezed hush money out of the man once, she's liable to try it again. They all do. We'll start by watching her house when she comes in from the fields tonight. We staked out near Rosie's adobe hut. But it got dark and she didn't come in from the fields. I left Steve on watch and went out to look for her, keeping an eye out for her old truck. I found it about five miles out, surrounded by a group of men carrying torches. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, oh Ranger! Uh, oh, Rosie! We better come! Now, what happened? Well, we was walking into town. We saw the truck here by the side of the road, thought maybe it broke down, so we started to call for old Rosie. Then one of the boys spotted the blood on the ground. What blood? I'll show you over here. Must be old Rosie's, I reckon, because we found her over here in the cotton row. She's dead, Ranger. Somebody cut her throat from ear to ear. Old Rosie had tried to shake down a killer once too often with the usual payoff. I sent a rushed call to Steve Clark to tow his horse out and join me. We followed the trail which led to a deserted picker shack way off in a field that looked like it hadn't been cultivated for years. The shack had been occupied, though, recently occupied. But whoever had been there was gone. There's a lamp there, Steve. Light it. Yeah. Clean as a whistle, Jace. Yeah, it's too clean. That floor's been scrubbed mighty hard for a shack like this. It sure has. Especially for a place nobody's living in. Must have been cleaning up blood. Yeah. And there are two other things. What's that? Whoever was hiding here was mighty handy with a knife. Look at the inside of the door, circle drawn on the wood. Wood chipped where somebody practiced throwing a knife at it. Yeah, good aim. All the marks right smack inside the circle. Now, what else? Take a look at the lamp you just lit. The cord it's hanging by. It's just an ordinary hunk of rope. Except for the knot holding the lamp, a running boland. So the light could be raised or lowered toward the table. A running bowling is a seaman's knot. Yeah, and that cord is just about big enough to be the draw cord from a duffel bag. Our seaman was here, all right. Well, it couldn't have been Watson, Jace. He was safe in jail when Rosie was killed. Yeah. Whoever Rosie saw with Mrs. Watson at the bus depot must have met the girl after she left Watson, after she had the money. Yeah? Married woman on her way home to her baby isn't liable to leave a bus depot with a stranger, is she? Chances are it was somebody she knew. Well, Watson's been a sailor. Think it might have been an old shipmate of his? Let's go see if he remembers one who was handy with a knife. You say somebody killed old Rosie? Yeah. The same man who killed your wife. Now think and think hard. Yeah. The killer was a seaman. We got reason to think it could be an old shipmate of yours who knew your wife. Oh, but Helen knew shipmates of mine all along the Gulf. I introduced her to lots of them. The one we want had a habit of throwing a knife. Yeah, he drew targets on a door. Never missed. <sighs> Matt Corbett. It was Matt Corbett! How do you know? Any reason for him to be around here? Yeah. He was my partner last year. Bootlegging here. Business got bad and he left. I wrote to him months ago, asking him to come back for this ticket, but he never answered me. Did Rosie know him? Sure she did. From last year. That's it, Clark. Rosie'd seen Corbett with Mrs. Watson. That's why he couldn't run with the money after he'd killed her. 
He had to wait to see if the body was found and identified. And when we moved in and she knew about the murder, she really had him pinned down. And he used to be my best friend. Never mind that now. Where would he run to? I don't know. He was always Roman, like me. You wrote to him someplace, you said. You must have an address. Yeah. Yeah, it was General Delivery at Port O'Connor. There's no bait shack there. He lived in it whenever he had enough money to stop moving for a while. He's got enough now. What he got from your wife. Come on, Clark. Let's get him. We headed for Port O'Connor. Made it by morning and found the abandoned bait shack. Nobody inside, Jase, can see through the window. He isn't here. He's probably traveling by freight to avoid being spotted. He couldn't have beaten us here. We rolled too fast. Gonna stake it out and wait? Yeah. Our car's out of sight where we left it. He won't spot it coming along the wharf. Come on, let's go inside. Yeah, it looked like Matt Corbett's the man we're after, all right. Same trademarks here we found on that picker shack at Bullville. Yeah. Knife marks in a circle on the door. Same running bowl and holding the lamp. Draw that burlap sack across the window. That'll make it pretty dark in here, Jace. You want it dark when you're throwing a surprise party. Steve, Steve, wake up. What? Shh. Somebody coming along the wharf. It's dark. What time is it? A little after midnight. Steps are coming closer. Yeah, it must be Corbett. Nothing to bring anybody else this way at this time of night. He's heading for here, all right. Yeah. Let him get all the way inside. And remember, he's got that knife and he's handy with it. I know. All right, Corbett. Never mind that lamp. What did I say? Just that little light, Steve. Yeah, look. First, stop your struggling, Corbett. You don't think it's my arm. Ah. You broke my arm. Just wrench your shoulder, Corbett. Keep you from throwing that knife for a while. Come on, get up. Better light the lamp now, Steve. It's a good thing you jumped in, Jace. I felt that knife pass in my ear. Look, buried in that wall a good inch. Hey, Rangers. I thought you were a couple of crooks. What's she doing here? Just dropped in to arrest you for the murder of Helen Watson and old Rosie up at Bowlville. It'd be nice if you could prove it. I haven't been near Bowlville. I think we can prove you were. My marks you left on the door and a few other things. How'd you come back, Freight? Are you kidding? No, I'm serious. You should have rode Pullman. Get your shoes shined on a Pullman. Would have taken that reddish-brown earth off your shoes. Our lab can match that with Bowlville. Watch out for that shoulder. Yeah, that's better, Corbett. Want to cuff him, Jace? No. I think he'll come quiet. All right, Corbett. Let's move. Herbert Bud Watson served the required term for his bootlegging activities, and Matt Corbett was tried and convicted of murder. The sentence of the court was carried out on February 20th, 1939, when at Huntsville Penitentiary, Matt Corbett died in the electric chair.
And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae, with another interesting story about the Texas Rangers. In the early days of Texas, major disturbances were not infrequent. It was a lusty, brawling, growing territory, and as happens in such a territory, there were days when the streets were not safe for the good citizens. An Easterner, happening into a Texas town at such a time, found shelter in the house of a minister. Everything will be all right soon, he was assured. Later that same afternoon, the minister, who'd been looking out the window, said, Well, friend, the streets are safe now. You may go about your business. The Easterner looked out the window, but all he saw was a lone figure riding casually down the main street on a horse. What makes you think it's safe for me out there now, he asked in bewilderment. The minister pointed to the horseman. Because that feller on the horse is a Texas Ranger, he said. Only folks that aren't safe in this town now are the ones who started the trouble. And when he finds them, they'll wish they'd been peaceable. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production, Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Herb Ellis, Tom Holland, Byron Kane, Tom McKee, and Lillian Byer. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Al Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC.